This is class two, CD one of four. Y'all ready to get started? Yes? Well, as soon as everybody quits talking amongst yourselves, I'll go ahead and get started. Because I promise you, what I have to say is more important than what they're saying. How many of you are here for the very first time, this first time through two through five? Raise your hands. Outstanding. Put your hands down. Okay. How many of you have been to two through five before? Raise your hands. Let's put it that way. Oh, there's a lot more of you. Okay, that's okay too. Put your hands down. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. All of you that, have, all of you that are here for the first time, you usually look at people like that that have been through it before and they're here again, you go, what's wrong with these people? Are they stupid or what? Yeah. yeah. Well, some of them are. Okay. <laughs> but that's not the case for most of them. That's not the case for most of them. Now, those of you that are here for the very first time, there's a couple of pieces of paper that you might have thought you were going to see. You, you signed them in, in, in class number one, the non-compete and, the, and the, the waiver of claims form. We don't have to do anything with that tonight because that form covered what you're going to, we're going to talk about here too. So we don't have to talk about that. Your manual tonight um, is, if you open up your manual, the first page of your manual says hello and congratulations. And the first few pages of that manual is exactly the same stuff that was mailed to you prior to taking class number one, unless you paid at the door. And paying at the door, you might have gotten it or might not have, depending on how many people were actually there paying at the door, whether they run out or not. And it is provided in the manual because it's important. Some of you that signed up for class number one and got the stuff, only thing you cared about when you got that packet in the mail was that they got my check, wins the class. Okay? And you threw away the rest of the stuff. The rest of the stuff is important. It's as important as the mortar that holds your brick foundation together on your house. That would be important stuff. Understand? So if you didn't have it before, you have it now. You have four or five pages there. Read it. Go through it. There's a glossary there, um, terms I talk about in class all the time. And then you should come to a page that says success email list. Okay? I need to tell you what that is and a little bit about it. Uh, the success email list. Started off, it's an, it, it, it came about by accident, quite frankly. Okay? I had a particular student in, or couple, in Richmond that were not following the rules. And they were getting their butt kicked right royally by the stock market, okay? And then I had a, a couple that had gotten my email address and had sent me an email because they were following the rules explicitly and having predictable results. And just gushing about, oh, this is so good. I've made so much money, blah, 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 blah. Well, what I did is I edited that email for privacy, and I forwarded it to the couple in Richmond that weren't following the rules. And I said, if you follow the rules, this is what you should expect to have happen, and you know what happens to you when you don't follow the rules. It was supposed to be a one-time kind of a shock therapy to get them to start following the rules. That, that was the whole thing. Then the next class, I show up in Richmond. I had 25 people run up to me and went, you didn't send me the email. And I said, I didn't know you were being stupid. <laughs> but now that you've identified yourself, I'll send you the email. And it started that way. It really, really did. What it is now 
is it's used as a, a source of motivation. You might not have seen any trade today in the stock market, but somebody else might have. You can go back and see what they did, where they did it, and why they did it, okay? At the same time, I've been doing it now for about seven years. There are people that will send in a success email now that are um, seven years old as far as their experience goes. And they will be doing trades that you will not be able to identify as brand new students when you go back on your charts and look at them and go, I, I don't see why they did that, okay? That doesn't make them wrong. It makes them in all likelihood far more experienced than you are at this point in time, okay? There isn't one that is sent out that isn't worthy of being sent out. They are following their experience level doing those trades. You can go and get a general idea of where they were doing what they were doing on the charts. That's why they're sent out, okay? Sent out, I, I send out on occasion, rare occasion. I will also include a little educational piece in there from time to time. But it is sent out to those people that request to be on that list. Now, to get on the list, you have to follow the directions for getting on the list. Some of you, actually one of you new people in Raleigh class, I believe, has already requested to be on the list at a completely different email source than you're supposed to. So I deleted you, okay? You, it's a following the rules thing, 100% of the time, okay? Now, the other part of this you should understand if you use, and I may not get all these right, if you use Comcast, AOL, MSN, Hotmail, uh, Bell South, CS, or Cox Communications for your internet service provider, don't bother requesting to be put on the list. I won't, okay? Simply because they, their spam filters catch this email and bounce it back to me, okay? So I just delete you. The reality is that some of you are already on the list and use those services. Understand, their spam filter picks it up at a specific number of email, okay? Email coming from a single source, me. Once that email to that server gets to a certain level, it picks it up as spam and all subsequent emails from my email address are blocked and kicked back as spam. So if you're using any of those services, don't bother. Don't bother, because at this point, we're not going to put you on the list. We're not going to put you on the list. So I'm not trying to get you to switch. I'm just trying to let you to know, don't bother. If you're using Hotmail, MSN, AOL, all those that I named, it just won't go through at this point. It just won't go through at this point. Now, as you look at that, how much does it cost to get on the success email list? It's free. So don't expect to get any. You ain't paid for nothing. You get one when I send one. If I feel like it, I do. And if I don't, I don't. At the same time, you got to send one in. Somebody's got to send one in. You don't. But somebody's got to send one in in order for me to send one out. Okay? A lot of new people, you, 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 you think, well, I'm not trading real money yet. It doesn't make any difference. Well, if you do a practice trade and somebody else can see that trade and could do it with real money, the trade's the same. Do you understand? Yes? Yes. 
And some people go, well, you know, I only, I only made $100 on this trade. Yeah, but you only had $400 in the trade. That's a 25% return. So somebody that can use $10,000 in that trade just made $2,500 on that. Do you understand? So don't dismiss the, your success because it was only $100. It was a 25% return. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's a minimum, but it was only a 25% return. But 25% of $10,000 is $2,500. I promise you, that's not insignificant. Okay? So just because it's a small sounding trade to you now, it is the percentage gain in doing the trade right or not that people are trying to be interested in as to paying attention to what's on that list. If you want on, get on. You don't want on, don't get on. Don't make any difference to me. And don't expect something. Now, if your buddy is on and he gets one and you don't get one, I probably fat fingered the address so you can apply to get back on again. You know, that's kind of the way that works. I'm not going to notify you if your email bounces back. I just delete you. I ain't got time. I ain't got time. Free service. Bounces back. You're just deleted. So you can request to get on again. QChart subscription service. You've got to pack. All of you new folks tonight got to pack it for getting QCharts. I'm not going to go through the packet. You don't need to. You can do it when you get home. It is the charting service that smart students use. Period. Okay. Um, Quite frankly, something that you should understand, you can be as miffed about this as you want. I don't really care, okay? I will not answer any questions for any student not using Q-charts, period, okay? Bottom line, you know, if there was something better, I'd be using it. If there was something as good, I'd be using it. I'm always looking for it. You don't need to look for it. You need to get the right tools to get this done, get on with it, okay? Now, that said, um, you have two other envelopes came with your manual night. Don't open them up. Just a little bit of tell you what they are before we go forward so you guys don't wonder when I'm going to talk about them. Get it out of the way right now. Um, one of those envelopes um, is for the CDs, the audio CDs of this course. Um, as of when I left the house today, there was about 10 sets left. Okay? So the first 10 of you could get those if you wanted those. Okay? Uh, they're just audio CDs of the course allows you to hear this stuff over and over and over again. Repetition is good for you. Um, anybody else that wants those, it's going to take us about five months to get CDs back in. Okay? So, you know, we'll hold your check or you can wait five months. Don't make any difference to me, but beyond about ten more sets, we're not going to have any available for about five months. So you should adjust your plan accordingly. Uh, either send in the check. If you send in the check, we won't deposit it until it's ready to ship one out. Uh, if you're not one of the 10, we'll just sit there and hold it and we'll send you actually a, a little card in the mail letting you know that we don't have any. And you can either get your check back, we'll tear it up, whatever you want, or we'll just hold it until it's time to ship the CD, uh, or CD set. Now, um, there is also another envelope there that talks about the uh, workspace diskette um, three by five diskette or CD, either way, uh, depending on what you want. Uh, it sets up the QCharts workspaces that I use. Uh, it's not required to have it, but please do not be like a Rocky Mount student. We've had Rocky Mount students that, that got the QCharts set up diskette without getting QCharts <laughs> and couldn't figure out why it wasn't helping them any. 
If you use Q charts, if you have Q charts, then the diskette will help you set up Q charts on your computer like my Q charts is set up. That, that's what the diskette is for. You can do it yourself or you can get the CD and, and save you some time doing it. it. That's why it's provided. Okay. Next page in your manual is a table of contents page. We're not going to spend any time on the table of contents. It's just for self-study uh, and reference back and forth. And then you come to page 27 should say money management plan. Now, before we get into the, the meat of tonight's class, starting here on page 27, a couple things I want to point out. First of all, where did the first 26 pages go? They were in class number one manual. And every single class, I have some new person call the next day after their class two through five and go, my manual was missing the first 26 pages. Well, first of all, that instantly puts you on a stupid list that may never get you off. You may never be able to get off of that list. Okay. It was in your first manual. That was class one of a five-session course. This is two, three, four, and five in this manual. Now, another aspect that you need to be aware of or reminded of if you, weren't, if you didn't hear this in the first class, I teach this class from the perspective that everybody in here is broke, hates your job, and would like to change that, have retirement cho choice developed within five years or less. I teach it with that kind of intensity and from that kind of focus. Okay? In this manual, and we will talk about it later in the course, in this manual there are three what I call life position sheets. The life position sheets, basically, the first life position sheet talks about, let's say that you are broke, hate your job, and would like to retire within five years or less. Okay? The second life position sheet is, hey, I, I kind of like my job, I make good money, and retirement early for me would be a nice plus, and early would be maybe 15 years, 10 years earlier than what everybody else expects to retire. And then the third life position sheet is, hey, I'm already retired. I already got a vault of stocks. Um, you know, I don't need to retire, but I would like to improve my results in the stock market. Okay? I assure you, no matter where you are in the life position sheets, on one or in between one or two, okay, this information can help you. But I'm going to teach it from the perspective that everybody's broke. That's just the way it's going to come across. Understand that. Understand that. If you're not in that position, you can benefit with the information. But depending on your position, it will change how you should proceed going forward with the information. Somebody that's trying to get retired in five years has got, to change, has got to work at this with an intensity that is far different from somebody that already is retired. Do you understand? Yes? Yes? All right. So understand. Just, um, uh, just understand where I'm teaching it from and, and some suggestions uh, for differences is further in the manual. Page 27, the money management page. I've had people tell me this page is genius. Well, I don't think so. I think this page is common sense, but then after teaching the class a while, I realized it's only those of you that don't have any that think is genius, which means it's most of you, okay? 
you got to have some common sense to do this. I thought, okay, I didn't think it was all that much genius, but I've had so many students come up to me and go, I've been in the market for years, and this is the missing link that I've never had before, okay? Well, it's one of several missing links that you're going to probably come up with as you take this course. Now, how many of you are here tonight as a husband and wife team? Raise your hands. Okay, all right, great. Whichever member of the team draws the best, draws, you know, writes, art, draws the best, should have the manual in their hand right now. Now, all of you guys that are here by yourself that didn't bring your wife, you're going to suck at this next little piece. Okay, because usually if you're here as a husband and wife team, right now the wives just got handed the manuals is what took place. Because you're going to be drawing some artwork on this page. You're going to be drawing some artwork on the page. You're going to do the artwork first, then we're going to explain the page. The artwork is critical. The artwork is critical. Now, we, ladies, because typically the ladies have the manual in their hand, okay? Ladies, we don't have time for you to do very high-quality artwork, okay? So you can embellish upon your artwork when you get home, okay? In the upper left-hand corner of the page, draw a picture of a basket, and inside the basket, write $2,500, okay? Draw a picture of a basket and write $2,500. Now, coming down the left-hand side, past that arrowhead, do you see where the word, it says build to? Yes? yes. Okay. 15,000 minus 3,000 equals 12,000. Everybody see that? Yes? Circle the $3,000 figure and attach that $3,000 circled amount to the arrow shaft that goes to the middle block on the page. Now, draw a basket around that entire equation, 15,000 minus 3,000 equals 12,000. Draw a basket around the entire equation. And please, we don't have time, ladies, for you to decorate the basket. We've got people drawing little curlicues and bows on it. We don't have time for that. Coming down the left-hand side some more, underneath that second block on that column on the left-hand side. Do you see where there's three question marks? Yes? Draw a basket around the three question marks. Draw a basket around the three question marks. Now, in the center block on the page, it should say, fund widows and orphans your retirement choice, 20 times your gross monthly income, parenthesis, parenthesis saying covered calls, and then you have a dollar sign there. Yes? yes? Write a number next to the dollar sign that equals 20 times your gross monthly income right now. That's not hard math. I get people, oh, it's hard. It's 10 times what you make a month times two. See, part of the problem is, is oh, you think that's hard math. Now, some of you, see, so you're covering up, and I'm going to write it down here. I don't want anybody to see it. I'm embarrassed by it. If I made that little, I'd be embarrassed by it, too. <laughs> write it down there. Nobody cares. Okay? 
part of the problems in this country is everybody's afraid to talk about money and how much they make, actually how little they make. You know? Now, come down to the very bottom of the page, right-hand side. Do you see we have an arrowhead on the right-hand side? It looks like it has two arrow shafts to it. Yes? To the right of that arrow shaft. To the right of that, to the right of that arrowhead. I want you to draw a picture of a safe. Whatever your rendition of a safe is, round safe, square safe, doesn't make any difference. But just put your rendition of a safe there. Now, because we have such a large class tonight, just these first two rows of tables. If you're new, first two rows are going all the way across. First two rows, if you're new, kind of hold your hand up. Okay, you don't have to get too high because it's going to take a little while. Just use your elbow. Okay, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. You guys are all good. You guys are all good. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, you're, you're good, you're good. Okay. You have, yeah, to the right of the arrowhead, to the right, to the right, to the right, go further to your right. There you go, there you go. Okay. Ha! <laughs> Here's a dollar, that's all fitting yours. <laughs> I just gave that man a dollar. It's his dollar. I don't want it back. You can give it at church away tomorrow, whatever. But understand, that's all that will fit in his safe. <laughs> it's about the size of my little fingernail, if not smaller than that. That is your vault. His is now full. <laughs> he doesn't have to do any trading in the trading leg. He's completed the whole course already right there. Please, people, that is your vault. Can I see your manual for just a second? This, ladies, is small, and it's half the page. That's the way your thought process should be as far as your goals. Most of you have teeny tiny goals. You've let society tell you that's all you can dream is this little bitty box. Most of you have no concept about what money really is and how much you can actually have your hands on. You have such small, small thoughts of what you can accomplish. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. You got to learn to think bigger, much, much bigger. Literally, down the road, you want to think about storing your wealth in this room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and have to wade into it. Oh. Think much bigger. Think much bigger, folks. Much bigger. Most of you have no concept. Now, let me explain the page. You're going to start off practicing how many practice trades a week? 40. We've talked about 30 of them being news plays so far. We'll talk about the other 10 tonight. That is a minimum. That is a minimum. You're going to do that for how long? One year. 
That is before you start trading real money. You're still going to keep practicing after that point. But that's before you start trading real money. Then you're going to open up your brokerage account with how much money? $2,500. Because you're going to have a year of practicing using real money. Okay? And what is the purpose of the practice? To figure out what you do well. Okay? For the first year. And then the second year, practicing with real money, is to be able to handle what? Fear and greed. And everybody has to face that. Everybody has to face that. Okay? Then you'll be on a platform to go places after that. But we're going to start with $2,500. And you're going to be doing with that $2,500 same dollar trading, never violating the 50% rule. Everybody understand? Yes? You're going to be doing the technique that you learned in that first year of hard practice that you do best. Everybody understand that? Yes? You're going to make that money grow over time. How long? I don't know how long it's going to take you to make that money grow. But you're going to make the money grow. Over time, it's going to get to a point of having $15,000 in the trading leg. At that moment, you're going to take out $3,000 out of the trading leg. And you're going to move it to the widows and orphans leg. Okay, and again, I'm teaching from a perspective, that's all the money you have in the world. Some of you will already be able to start with as an orphans after this week, after next week. But starting from the thought process, we don't have any money. We're going to take $3,000 and put it into widows and orphans. You're going to do the widows and orphans technique on that money. We talked about that class number one, the widows and orphans technique. How much does that leave in the trading leg? $12,000. That's correct. $12,000, okay? Now, how big will your next trade be? Same dollar amount. That's good. That's a good answer. Usually you get new people going, oh, 6000 No, that's as what? Big as a trade could be. But your next trade is going to be the same size as the last trade. Same dollar trading. Same dollar trading. It is, folks, it isn't something that just sounds good up here. Same dollar trading is what you're supposed to be doing. Following the rules. Following the rules. Same dollar trading. Same dollar trading. Same dollar trading. You're going to stay on a plateau for a long period of time before you move up to another level. You get to determine what the levels are and when you move. Following the rules. What is the targeted gain that we want to have per month for the trading leg? For the trading leg is 20%. That is the targeted goal. We already talked about that in class number one. It's no surprise to anybody if you paid attention, read your manual. 20% in the trading leg, that is the targeted goal. I was in Richmond um, Tuesday doing this same class. Had a young man come up. He said, I just want to let you know, this month, or last month, was his first, first month of real money trading after practicing for a year. He said, I can't thank you enough because following the rules explicitly, my account balance trading leg is up 67% for the month. Following the rules explicitly. Not making up new ones. Not trying to see a lot. Well, wonder why we're doing it this way. Why don't I just try it this way? I already tried it that way. That's where the rules came from. Just follow the rules explicitly. You'll like your results a lot better. Now, 
You're going to move the 3,000 to widows and orphans. That Again, that allows 12,000 in there to continue doing what you're doing. Same techniques, boring, over and over and over and over again. The same technique that you do well, you're to do forever. That's the whole point, okay? Now, if you look just above that block, the second one in the, col the first column, second one down, it says leave 20% of the profits and move 80% to the right. What that means is at the end of each month, whatever your results are in the trading leg, you're going to leave 20% of those profits in the trading leg. And you're going to move 80% of those profits to the right, depositing that money in widows and orphans. You're going to still be doing the widows and orphans technique on all that money. We're using all the money all the time in the widows and orphans leg and making 5%. By doing that over time, moving, and I don't care how much money you make. If you make $100, you're going to leave 20 bucks, and you're going to move $80. If you make $100,000, you're going to leave 20000 and move 80000 Everybody understand? Yes? You're going to move 80% to the right at the end of every given month. Over time, by doing the widows and orphans technique, and by moving 80% of the profits to widows and orphans, over time, you're going to build up your widows and orphans balance to whatever that number is you wrote down on the page in the middle of the block. Okay? Firestone employee, as an example, without working a great deal of overtime, makes 5000 a month. So a Firestone employee would have written down $100,000 on that center block. Everybody understand? So by doing the trading in the trading leg and moving 80% to the right, and by doing the widows and orphans technique on any money that's in that widows and orphans leg, making 5% there, over a period of time, there will be a $100,000 balance there. Everybody understand? Yes? Once there's a $100,000 balance there and you're using all the money and making 5%, then the Firestone employee has what? Retirement choice. Doesn't have to quit, but has choice. Quite frankly, some of you are going to find out your job isn't so bad once you don't have to be there no more. You know, it's a whole different arena when you walk in. You know, you just kind of walk in, a little chip on your shoulder, going, say something to me wrong. <laughs> just any little thing, you're going to end up with your job and my job at the same time, and you have no idea it's coming. You know, a whole different attitude. You know, I have a young lady in, in the Virginia area that uh, one of her goals when she took this course was to be a millionaire by the time she was 30. And, and, and she got that accomplished. But when she was ready to retire, she went in and she handed in her, her, her two-week notice. And they said, we cannot afford to lose you. So we're going to promote you. And they increased her salary by $20,000 a month. And she said, okay. And then as soon as she said, okay, she said, well, crap. Widows and Orphans isn't fully funded anymore. <laughs> it took her another year to get that done. 
Yeah. And once she got it done to that point, then she went in, she handed in her notice again. They said, what kind of raise do you need? What, what kind of raise do you need for us to keep you? And she said, the company doesn't have that much money. And she went home. And, you know, she gets to play mom all day long to her three children. The, the, the daycare was raising prior to that. You know, and, you know, it was worth it. It was worth it, you know. But it was, you got to understand Along the way, I've had people get promoted as soon as their job was no longer, as soon as their finances were no longer dependent on their job's money, paying the house payment, the car payment, send the kids to college, they started speaking up at work instead of cowing down at work. And there was a leadership that kind of stepped up that never had shown itself before because they were no longer afraid to say anything because previous to that, their lifestyle completely depended upon getting paid from work. So you may find yourself promoted, challenged, you know, enjoying your job, okay? But then there will come a point in time, in all likelihood, that you go, they can't pay me enough to stay here. And then you go home. You have a choice to do that. It's about the choice. It isn't about you quitting. It is about the choice. Now, Got a question for you. Who gets to retire first, the doctor or the janitor? Janitor. Why? Smaller lifestyle to maintain and a smaller income to obtain. Everybody understand? Yes? Now, come down to the left-hand side of the page. That's why the question marks are in the basket. I don't know how much money you're going to have in your basket when you reach retirement choice. I had a lady, she was able to retire when she had $40,000 in her widow's and orphan's leg. $40,000. Because 5% of $40,000 was $2,000. And $2,000 a month was more money than she was making on her job. So she was able to retire. Do you understand? There are other people in the room, you make far more than that per week. So you're just going to need more before you can retire. Everybody understand? Yes? I can't tell you how much is going to be in your basket when you retire because it's going, to be, it's going to be specific to you and your income and the trade you've made up to that point. Now, what is a common word above the box areas all the way down the left-hand side? Aggressive. Aggressive. Kind of highlight or circle that word. Aggressive strategies, aggressive strategies, aggressive strategies. Understand something, folks. I usually get, and usually it's men, not always, but usually it's men. I get people going, well, if you can make 20% a month in the trading leg, why bother moving the money? You got to move the money to get the money out of harm's way. And you're the harm. <laughs> you're the problem. Because as soon as you make 20, hey, I want 21. You get a little more aggressive. You get a little further outside the rules. And the stock market starts smacking the crap out of you. You got to move the money. Got to move the money. Move the money. Move the money. Now, on the bottom of the page, the bottom of the page, we're assuming you have retirement choice. Whether you've quit or not is up to you. But you have retirement choice. Now, if you notice, it shows the money leaving the aggressive strategies, the basket, 
and going straight to the vault. Everybody understand? Okay. Because uh, there comes a point in time where Widows and Orphans is fully funded for you. There is no need at that point to deposit any money in the Widows and Orphans leg. So the 80% that was being dropped off in Widows and Orphans now skips Widows and Orphans and goes straight to the vault. Everybody understand? Yes? Okay. Now, any excess in the Widows and Orphans leg beyond what you might want to leave there so that you get a raise also is sent to the vault. Everybody understand? You know, let's say you make, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to suggest you'll make 15%, but if you made 15% in a widow's and orphan's trade, you need 5% to live off of, okay? If you left 5% there, the other 5% would go to the vault. Everybody follow me? Okay? When money goes to the vault, it goes into a money market account, waiting for that once a year Never more than three times a year where you buy vault stocks for investment purposes. You never buy vault stocks monthly. You never buy vault stocks in January. Ever. You want to expect to buy vault stocks in September. Possibly August. Never earlier than July, and never later than October. It's real simple. You, all the rest of the time, the money goes to the money market account. Cash is a position. You know, I've got a, a very successful stockbroker that takes the class, and she's working to get all of her clients to come through the class, and, and, and so she can fire those that don't want to pay attention. Uh, but basically, one of her large clients asked her, said, hold it. Why is my money in cash? And she said, cash is a position. He said, I can have it in cash. You're to have it in the market. She said, then you should expect to make somewhere on average, about 8 to 12% a year on your money. Some years it won't be that good. Some years it will be better than that. Or you can let me do it the way it's supposed to be done, and you probably expect to have more than that on a regular basis. You get to choose. And if you're going to choose the former, I'll give you a list of brokers that can help you buy mutual funds. Understand. Having money in the market all the time is the wrong approach. You don't buy stock all the time. You buy stock intelligently for investment purposes. Okay? Once purchased in the vault, we're going to own it. Okay? We're not going to be buying it and selling it in the vault. We're going to buy it smart. And then you'll learn in class number five how to insure it when we expect it's likely to go down. And we'll talk about that some more as we go through the process. But as we move that money to the vault, we move in the money to the vault in a money market account. Piling the cash up so that we have funds to purchase stock smart with in September, 
Again, possibly August, never earlier than July, and never later than October. Those four months are the only months that you're going to purchase vault stocks. Period. Period. If you get nothing else out of this course, but the understanding of that and the ability to see that spot on the charts, you more than paid for this course already. I promise. I mean, I have very few promises in this course, but that's one. That's one. Okay? You more than paid for this course if you just get that right there. Okay? Now, money that is in the widow's no Money that is in the vault, we're also going to do a technique called the Buffett Method. We talked about that a little bit in class number one. You're going to do that on there at appropriate times so that you even bring a little bit of Buffett money into the vault. That money comes in, into the money market account, waiting for the right time of the year to purchase vault stocks. Simple. Now, vault stocks, purchasing them are very, very simple. Uh, you can basically go find... Um, any high-quality, uh, well-diversified blue-chip mutual fund and look at the top 10, 25 holdings of those funds and pick out your vault stocks right from that list. It's real simple. It's real simple. What you want to get from your vault stocks is a warm, fuzzy feeling when you go to bed at night. You know, that they're going to be in business tomorrow. You know, I mean, bottom line. Your vault is a place to store wealth and grow it slowly over time. It should be boring. If it's exciting, it shouldn't be in the vault. Boring. Slow growing over time. Diversified internationally with the companies that you own. So that when you go to bed at night, you go, I own Walmart, and I own GE, and I own Citibank, or whatever. I don't care. But whatever gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling because you own them, knowing that, I mean, it would take, it would take a nuclear bomb to, for them to not be in business tomorrow. You know? And not just, I mean, not just a nuclear bomb, it'd have to blow up them. Do you understand if there's a nuclear bomb that blows up tomorrow somewhere in the world, GE is still going to be in business? Unless it blew up on GE. Then they wouldn't. Understand. Understand. Warm, fuzzy feeling. Most people have exciting stocks in their vault. Wrong approach. Wrong approach. That's the money management plan. Now, What's that one word goes down the left-hand side again? Aggressive. Folks, you got to follow the rules all the time. you got to be disciplined and follow the rules. You are not going to make a fortune. What do we make? Bricks. What do we build? Fortunes. Okay? We're making bricks, building fortunes. Now, there are... Lots of stories that go with this class. Some of them are funny and fun, and some of them are horror stories. Okay? The one that goes off of this page is a horror story. Because one of the earliest people that ever took this class started just like you're supposed to, right amount of money, practiced just like you're supposed to, and then when it was time to open up the brokerage account, opened up with the right amount of money, and after two months, $2,500 was at $15,000. And she was just ecstatic. Called me on the telephone. 
said, please move the money. Yeah, 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 I'm supposed to move, I'm supposed to move $3,000 to where there's an office. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I'm, I'm supposed to do that. I said, that's right. She called me back one month later with 30000 in her account. I said, have you moved the money? No, I haven't moved the money. I, I haven't had time. I mean, it's coming in fast and furious. This is cool. This is so cool. She called me back two months later with 50000 in her account. I said, have you moved the money? She said, no, and I'm not going to. I'm good at this. <laughs> I know how this works. She called me back one month later with $4,500 in her account that she was closing to never trade again. She works 12 hours a day, six days a week. Her marriage has busted up since then. All kinds of stuff. She had everything necessary to become a multi-millionaire doing this, except for the discipline to move the money and avoid the thought process that you were going to be rich quickly. You're not. Learn right from the get-go, you're not. Move the money. Get it out of harm's way. The word aggressive there, aggressive means you can get hurt. Move the money. It's not about making money that's as important as it is keeping it. You got to move the money. The reality, all of you are aware. Let's see. How old are you, young man? 15. Anybody here younger than 15? How old are you? 14. Okay. Except for them, okay, and only them because until you're 21, it just doesn't happen fast enough, you know. But all the rest of you, you all know your life is going by faster today than it did yesterday, yes? yes. Last five years have gone by just like that. Five years to choice, no problem. It goes by just like that. If you follow all the rules. It'll go by just like that. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. It'll get there plenty fast enough for everybody. I promise. If you follow all the rules and do what you're supposed to do. It won't get there tomorrow for anybody. And anybody that tries will fail. Anybody that tries will fail. Understand, there are two kinds of personalities sitting in this room today. There are two kinds of personalities that try to do this course. Two. There's only two. Okay? There are those people that I call the wily coyotes of the world. And they are going like a bat out of you know where. Fast as they can absolutely go. Except they're not chasing the roadrunner. They're chasing wealth. And just like wily coyote, they never see the edge of the cliff until they're 15 feet over the cliff. And then it's, you know, hold up a sign, ouch, you know, crash. 
There has never been, never been, in all the time I've been teaching this class, there has never been one single successful wily coyote. God bless you. Not one. Not one. Now, the other personality are the turtles. The turtles just kind of plod along. You know, following all the rules, not being in a hurry, doing everything they're supposed to do, just plodding along. And see, the turtle comes up to the cliff too. But you see, the turtle meanders down the cliff, goes through the valley, pees on Wiley Coyote, and keeps right on going up the other side. Okay? Everybody that has reached retirement choice, that has retired, approached it like a turtle. Just plodding along. The five years goes by just like that. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Anybody that accelerates the process crashes and burns 100% of the time. 100% of the time. Just plod along. You'll like your results a lot better. Now, page 28 talks about basically everything in a word format that I've talked about on page 27. So turn to page 29. I'll give you another missing link that most of you have, that have been working the stock market before did not have. And that is an understanding of the trading zones. Now, the trading zones, January 15th to May 15th. First of all, the dates are not cast in concrete. They're areas when you would expect it to begin or end, but it is not cast in concrete, turn the light switch on and off. It's an area where you expect it to begin and end. January 15th to May 15th is called the transitional trading zone. You're going to start off using daily charts to make trading decisions and end using mostly the 55-minute or 34-minute charts. Begin using the weekly charts for determining the trend and end using the daily most of the time. Now, you can put a little note up there about the transitional trading zone. It sucks! It's hard! It's always hard! Now, unfortunately for you folks, you're going to be ending this class just about at the time of the ending of the transitional trading zone. So you're really going to get started in the summertime trading zone. You're not going to get to experience much of the transitional trading zone. So next year, when you're going through the transitional trading zone, it's going to be hard for you. And you're going to go, of course it is. I'm new. It's supposed to be hard. It's not, I'm a new. Okay? Then you're going to get through it the second time when you'll be trading real money and you will lose money every week. You will lose money like, like you were standing on top of an overpass throwing it out to poor people as they drove past. <laughs> because you will go into it with the thought process it's not supposed to be hard anymore because you've been through it before. You're no longer a new student. It's always hard. If you go through it expecting it to be hard, expecting it to be something that you have to pay attention to closely, then you're likely to do better, okay? If you think that because you've gone through it one time, it's not supposed to be hard anymore, you're going to get whacked. 
because it's always hard there, folks. The example I tried to explain to somebody, the transitional trading zone, you're transitioning from the fall winter trading zone to the summertime trading zone every week you're changing your thought process there to the point that it feels like you've got you, you grabbed a hold of a handful of water and now you're going to show the water to somebody and still have it in your hand do you understand that's not possible but you don't find out it's not possible until you try you keep doing it over and it's frustrating you can't do it Every week of the transitional trading zone, you got to figure it out all over again. Every week, you got to figure it out all over again. And it doesn't, each stock doesn't transition at the same time. So one stock may be working like the fall winter trading zone, another one may be closer to the summertime trading zone already. It doesn't transition at the same time. It isn't a comfortable place. Expect it not to be. You'll be in better shape. May 15th to October 25th. It's a summertime trading zone. It's usually a choppy time in the markets. We usually use the 55 and 34 minute charts to make trading decisions. And we'll usually trade much more frequently. Using daily charts for determining the trend most of the time. Now, it's as close as you're ever going to get to day trading. I say that, we're, we're going to be into a trade today and out of a trade today, or into a trade today and out of a trade tomorrow, lots of times, but never more than five to ten times in a whole month. Everybody understand? But it is as close as you're ever going to come to, by following the rules in this course, day trading. Okay? You'll get in today and out today, in today, out tomorrow, but you're still only looking for five or ten times a month to do a trade. Okay? October 25th to January 15th. It's the fall-winter trading zone. You're going to use daily charts for making the trading decisions, and you'll usually use the weekly charts for determining the trend. Now, the asterisk at the bottom says the 55-minute chart can be used year-round for making trading decisions. Well, fundamentally, any chart except the weekly could be used year-round to make trading decisions based upon what your schedule is. My example there, I have a lot of airline pilots, as you can imagine now with the state of the airline industry, taking the course. And their schedule, they might be home for five or six days and then gone for 13, okay? Because of that, when they're home for five or six days, they're almost required by their schedule to use a 55-minute chart for a decision-making process. The daily chart... They, they can't really use it. They might be able to, but they're still going to have to close the trade before they leave to go off and fly, you know, the Europe tour or whatever they got to do, okay? So it depends on what your schedule will allow, but you can use any chart year-round except for the weekly to actually make a trading decision. But the smart use of charts is by this outline. Now, that said... I, again, I teach by analogy, and I look at these trading zones like the food that I eat, okay? And, I mean, uh, constantly, my family, we think about food. When we're eating breakfast, we're planning lunch. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. In fact, we were planning Sunday night's dinner Tuesday. I'm not kidding. 
You know, that's just, I mean, we, that's the way we work. Okay. Now, I want you to think about eating from the market this way. The fall-winter trading zone is the fat time of the year. It's like getting Thanksgiving dinner for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, and that is the size of all in-between meal snacks. Man, you are full. All you want to do is lay in front of the football game. Wake me up when it's time to eat some more. That is the fall-winter time, folks. It is the fat time of the year. You get paid huge. Then you come to the transitional trading zone. And it starts off, you can't really tell any different. You still got turkey dinners like everywhere, you know? And though the turkey dinner kind of went away as far as your in-between meal snack, you get turkey sandwich. But as you're transitioning, you can't have a turkey sandwich anymore. You know, you can have an apple. And your turkey dinner for lunch turned into a salad. But you still got a couple turkey dinners in there. And then by the time you get to the end of the transitional trading zone, the, you, you get salad and salad and salad. That's the menu. What do you want to eat? Salad. What, 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 else, would you what else do you have? Salad. What kind of snacks do you have? None. You've arrived at the summertime trading zone. Summertime trading zone, you get salad, salad, and salad. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And if you think, if you think about an in-between meal snack, you don't get salad. <laughs> yeah, you on a diet. Okay. Now, some of you are going to find out the hard way because in the middle of the summertime, you're going to go, I want a turkey dinner. No salad. <laughs> For a week. Do you understand? After a week of not having nothing to eat, salad sounds good. You don't get to demand the payment from the stock market. You get to accept the payment from the stock market. As soon as you accept the payment, you get fed all the time. Understand. It's going to be thin in the summertime, fat in the fall, winter, and transitioning between the fat to the thin during the transitional trading zone. If soon as you learn to accept from the market what it's willing to pay you, when it's willing to pay you, like it's willing to pay you, this is easy. This is easy. As long as you're demanding payment, it's hard. It's hard. One of the things that you have to realize as well, and, and it usually this is, this is more of a conversation toward people that are about to reach a retirement choice or in that process, um, you don't get paid from the stock market like you do a job. You know, I mean, I realize this is Saturday, but, you know, um, yesterday, you might not have done, you might not have gotten any money from the stock market yesterday. You might not have Thursday. You might not have all week. 
And you look at, well, if I'd have put in 40 hours on my job, I'd have got this much money. There might be another week when there wasn't anything to do in the stock market. That's two weeks you've had no money. Oh, my gosh. The following Monday, you might make three months of income. It doesn't pay you an hourly wage. It pays you a living wage. There's a difference. See, the problem is you guys don't know because you're getting paid an hourly wage. You know, people that make money in the stock market make a living, not an hourly wage. There's a big difference. There's a big, big difference. But you have to learn to accept it. You know, you've been, you've been conditioned to think that eight hours a day is worth this much money to you. Well, you're not going to do something in the market every day. That means there will be days when there is no income generated for today. May not be for tomorrow. May not be for this week. But the money generated when it comes in makes up for all that and pays you in advance, quite frankly, sometimes. Okay? You have to be aware of that. You have to be aware of that. Trading zones shift. Again, these dates are not cast in concrete. They are liquid. They are fluid. You have to be aware of where they are in areas and be willing to learn how to see the transitions taking place. Page 30. Should say upper shadow and lower shadow on page 30. I need to explain what this is and how we go about this before we go on. Otherwise, you're going to make some assumptions that are incorrect. We use candlestick charts. It's the only kind of charts we use. But too many of you in the past, and hopefully none of you in the future do this, too many people in the past, because I talked about something first in the manual, then you assumed it was the most important thing instead of just a piece of the picture. Something has to be covered first in the manual. Something has to be covered second, third, and fourth. But understand, none of them are more important than any of the other pieces to the puzzle. So understanding the money management plan is important, okay? But it is only as important as a piece of the overall picture, okay? Understanding the trading zones, same way. It's important, but it is not more important than the other pieces to the puzzle. The analogy I try to get across to people with this is if we, and we may even start doing this, except for Raleigh class, I'm about to buy a bigger puzzle, but um, if you were given a jigsaw puzzle piece as you signed in at the tables tonight, okay, and yet if they did not show you the picture on the jigsaw puzzle box, could you look at your piece and tell me what the picture is? It's impossible. Do you understand? It's impossible for you to look at a piece of that picture without seeing the picture and tell me what the picture is. Everybody understand? But that's what most people want to do. They want to look at one piece and go, oh, this is the picture. No, it's not. You take all of the pieces and now you can put a picture together. Everybody understand? Yes? So something has to be covered first in the manual. Second, third, and fourth, and fifth. No one is more important than the next one. It's just got to be covered in some kind of an order in the manual. So we're going to talk about the candlesticks first. 
They're just candlesticks. They're not more important than stock RSI. They're not more important than a home run fat pitch. They're not more important than a Bollinger Band. They're not more important than the trading zones. They're not more important than any other piece of this. They're just a piece of this. Now, we use candlestick charts. These are candlesticks that you're looking at right here. They're called candlestick charts because they look like a candle with a wick at both ends. Yes? All right. Now, we use candlestick charts because they give you an easy picture to see from literally across the room. So we use candlestick charts. Now I'm going to explain the white one first. You have a white one here and a black one. The reality is on cue charts, the candles are white and red. We've just got them printed off black and white here to see the contrast. But they, and they're cheaper, quite frankly. Um, but white and black, different contrast, showing you a different picture. Looking at the white one first, First of all, when you're looking at a chart, if you're looking at a daily chart, then the candle, one candle, would represent the entire price action for a day. It would show you the lowest price, the highest price, the opening price, and the closing price. Okay? If you were looking at a five-minute chart, then one candle would show you the price action during that five-minute period of time. And you would have lots of them that make up a whole day. Everybody understand? Yes? Yes? yes. Okay. Understand. Can't hear your head shaking. you got to use that hole God put underneath your nose. Okay. White candle first. We're going to assume it's a day just to make my conversation easy with you. Okay. That morning, the opening stock price was at the base of the candlestick body. That's the opening trade for the day. Everybody follow me there? Yes? Okay. The low trade for the day was at the very bottom, the tip of the wick at the bottom. The high trade of the day was the tip of the wick at the top. And then the closing trade of the day was at the top of the candlestick body. Everybody understand? Yes? yes? All right. Now let's look at the black candle. The black candle is opposite. The opening trade was at the top of the candlestick body. High trade was, again, at the top of the wick. Low trade was the tip of the wick at the bottom. But then the closing trade was at the base of the candlestick body. Everybody see that? Yes? yes. All right. Now, now that you understand the difference, let's go back to the white candle for a minute. The opening trade was at the base of the candlestick. Everybody understand? There was no wick at that moment in time. It was just a spot. Everybody understand? Okay. Now, when that stock opened and went down, it was a black candle. As the price dropped below the opening value, it was a black candle. Everybody follow that? Okay. Lower than the open, it was a black candle. There was no wick. It went as low as you see the tip of the wick right here. Black candle. As it started to rise, it left the wick behind. The wicks are said to be the shadow of where the price has been. So it's a, it opens. It's a black candle. As it's rising, it's still a black candle but it's leaving a wick behind. Everybody understand? Yes? 
as it went over the opening price, then it turned into the white candle. Everybody understand? It went all the way up. There was no wick at the top, no wick at the top, no wick at the top. And then after it hit its peak and settled back down for the day, it left the wick or shadow of where the price had been for the day. Everybody understand? And then it closed at the top of the candlestick. Everybody follow me? Yes? All right. Look at the black candle. Opens at the top of the candlestick. No wick at the top. When that price went up, what color was that candle? White. It started backing up, leaving the wick. When it went below the opening price, it turned into the black candle. All the way down, no wick at the bottom. And then as it rose to close, it left the wick behind. Everybody follow that? Yes? All right. Now, in your class number one manual, and if you brought it, don't get it out. You can re reference when you get home. Um, in your class number one manual, book number six is on candlesticks. It's by Stephen Bigelow. It's excellent. Okay. He is going to better clarify the patterns that we're going to talk about on the coming pages than I'm going to have time to or than I would do if I tried to. Okay. Get the book. Get the book. Study the patterns that we're going to talk about okay, on the coming pages. Please also understand, there's a lot of other stuff in that book. One of the students that is a naval aviator just recently asked me a question, and this was, uh, I'll, I'll be using it from now on. It was terrific. Okay, understand this. He said, when we are trained... We are told there are things that are need to know. And then there are things that are nice to know. Need keeps you alive. Nice may not make any difference. Okay? Most of the stuff in the stock market books on the book list are nice to know information. The stuff in this manual is need to know information. So the patterns that we're going to talk about in a couple of pages would be considered need to know. The rest of the stuff in Bigelow's book is nice to know. Read the whole book, but focus on these patterns as need to know information. Page 31. I'm, again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these. I'll touch on one a little bit longer than the others. But just pointing them out so that you understand which patterns you're supposed to look at. There are four pictures on page 31. There is a hammer and a hanging man at the top. Now, the hammer, it, these are either reversal signals or continuation signals as far as, as candle patterns go. They are either Reversal signals or continuation signals. And you have to study Bigelow's book to understand which are which. But the hammer is supposed to be a reversal signal of a decline. You've got a decline and then a reversal signal would be the hammer pattern. The hanging man is said to be a reversal pattern of a rise. Okay? So you have a reversal of a decline and a reversal of a rise pictured on that top of the page. Now, at the bottom of the page, you have the upside gap and a downside gap. 
study those patterns. Page 32, we have two patterns at the top, two patterns at the bottom. We have a doji star and a shooting star at the top. Okay, I'm going to talk about the doji star here a little bit to, to clarify that in a little better detail before you guys get the book. The doji star, do you all see the little plus sign to the upper right of the white candle? Yes? Yes? That plus sign is a completed candle. It has an open, a high, and a close. The high and the low is easy to see. So is the opening and closing price. They're at the same spot. It opened and closed at the same spot. That caused the plus sign to be there. Now, this is just a little tidbit of information. If you ask the, the veteran students, one of the, re one of the reasons the veteran students are here, people that have been through 225 before, is so they can pick up little nuggets that they didn't hear the first time. Okay? That doesn't mean that I didn't say it. They just didn't hear it the first time. Okay? One little tidbit of nugget for you new folks right here. When you're looking at candlestick charts, this isn't an exact science, but I view the size of the candlestick body as my fuel gauge. Not the color of it, but the size of it. So when the move starts going up, I expect to have bigger candles, stick body. Everybody understand? As the move is reaching near an end, I'm going to expect smaller candle bodies. It's running out of gas. Now, think about that doji star. There ain't no gas in the tank. You know? Now, the way I look at the doji star, how many of you have ever at least watched a bottle rocket be shot off before? Okay? Bottle rocket goes up and keeps going up until it runs out of thrust. Everybody understand? And then, for a brief instant, it looks like it's just suspended right there. Everybody understand? You've all seen that, huh? Okay. It's because it has no more thrust. Then what takes place? It falls back down. Okay. Now, Doji Star kind of is that same thing. It's balanced right there. Okay. Hasn't started falling yet, but it stopped going up. Now, this is something incredibly important for you new folks to understand about the stock market. Every second of every day in the stock market, there is a battle going on between people trying to make money when the stock market is rising and people trying to make money when the stock market is falling. You're going to learn next week how to make money when stocks go down. But you've got to understand, there's a battle every second of every day of people trying to make money going up and people trying to make money coming down. Now, you can tell who's winning. Now, let me ask you a question. Looking at that plus sign, that doji star, who won? Oh, the going down folks won. That's right. You can't say nobody won because understand, if the, if the going up won, it would have been a white candle. They couldn't gain any further ground. And understand, in the market, if you can't gain more ground, you lose. That's the way it works. So the people making it go down won because the people trying to make it go up couldn't push it any higher. And once you've 
can't push it any higher, in all likelihood, the next direction is what? Down. Now, understand, you can have a doji star at the bottom, too. You can have a doji star at the bottom, too. It can be at the top or at the bottom, but it is a completed candle. It is a completed candle, okay? Now, it's a gas tank. It's run out of gas, okay? It's run out of gas. It's not all we're going to use to trade, and they're not there all the time, but when they're there, we're looking at it with our other indicators as a potential trade because it's probably run out of gas. We have a shooting star beside that, bottom of the page. We have, a, the, we have the morning star on the left-hand side. We have the evening star on the right-hand side. Okay? And then if you turn to page 33, we have the rising three method and the falling three method. Okay? And then at the bottom of the page, we have engulfing patterns. We have a bearish engulfing pattern, and we have a bullish engulfing pattern. And then on page 34, we have the dark cloud cover, and we have the piercing line. There are lots of other patterns in Bigelow's book. Read the whole book, cover to cover, and then study these patterns and understand the difference between need to know and nice to know. Okay? Huge, huge mistake that most people make. There is, and this isn't meant to be arrogant, folks. You know? People that have been in my house have seen my library. Every book you've ever thought about reading about the stock market, I own. I've already read it. I've read books you've never thought about reading before. Okay? And I've taken everything that I know about the stock market and all the information that I've read or discerned about the stock market, filtered it through my own experiences, and we've come up with this that works. You don't have to figure out how to do this. You need to follow how to do this. There's a difference. There's a difference. Just do as instructed. Just do exactly as instructed. Verbatim, word for word.